We want to dial back for a minute on the on the like escalating um, themes. Themes, themes. Yeah. yeah, the like the the uh, the uh, the arms race of, of, of one of one upsmanship on our themes. I think that might be a reasonably good idea. Here, I hear Austin thinking about what crazy theme he's going to bring up, even though we just decided <laughs> not to. <laughs> <laughs> throwing, throwing a wrench inside your perfect works <laughs> little gremlin i am don't feed me after midnight i'll show you <laughs> used to be four ordinary teenagers <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome back to Saturday Morning Tuesdays, the animated podcast about real cartoons. I'm Rory. I'm Andy. And I'm Austin. And the three of us make up the the holy triad of cartoon... (laughs) Wisdoms? Wizards. (laughs) Uh, Everything everything is steampunk. (laughs) No! No, we're not doing a theme. Yeah, this one's steampunk. Everything is steamed. Everything is steamed and very rude. (laughs) We're not doing a theme. Our theme this episode is friendship because we're friends. So we've lowered our gas, our diesel-powered airship (laughs) that's water vapor, and we're putting on our top hats. We're doffing our top, our gear top hats, (laughs) Uh, fixing our goggles to our to our foreheads. No, don't join him. <laughs> Don't come along with this. And Here, our, and our clockwork and our clockwork big boy pants are are uh, <laughs> sputtering with uh, with pistons and pulleys. Here's a here's that a new theme. How about, how about this episode could be uh, peanut M and M's themed. You can hear me eat them. We sent Andy to the candy zone. He's 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 steamed at us. I bought a sharing size peanut M and M's and I'm going to be in the corner here. with my candy. Wake me up when this theme baloney is over. <laughs> when he becomes wake candy, me wake me up when your steam gears are out of are out of juice. <laughs> oh God. You guys There's are terrible. Steam in your punks. I regret everything that I've ever done with you. Every every decision of my life has has been called into into question. Hey, should we talk about <laughs> cartoons? Yeah, we're here for cartoons. We're here for cartoons. As like a finely tuned Swiss watch, every decision I made brought me to this one <laughs> terrible moment. <laughs> <laughs> I can see all the gears moving. So uh, spit all those spit all those chocolate knobs out of your mouth and let's have a talk <laughs> about cartoons. Yeah, this this, okay. po- this podcast is about cartoons. <laughs> In a steampunk world, they would be called <laughs> salted chocolate knobs. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here with this. Oh, God. Maybe they're called Steam and M's. (laughs) (laughs) That's not funny. Fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you. This is not a good theme. You're not a good man. And I think we should talk about Sailor Moon. All right, let's talk about the fucking cartoon or whatever. Not a good way to start. Fighting evil by the moonlight. Winning love by daylight. Never running from a real fight. She is the one. Well, ahoy there, Team Steam. 
we're back in our Team Steam theme for Sailor Moon episode 17, an animated mess. And that is Seven not like steam. a. That's not just like. God damn it. <laughs> episode 7 Steam. <laughs> An animated mess, which is not just a value judgment about the episode, it's literally <laughs> the title of the episode, An Animated Mess, which was pretty bold, I think, to yeah. have an animated show and then go, you know, dip and, that and close And then call to it that. out for being a slop, like, poorly done. <laughs> yeah, which could have been, I mean, they named it that, you know, the English dub. Because they maybe knew what they like, did. Oh, boy. Let's do some, <laughs> let's pad this a little bit. Lower expectations ahead of time. But tell me uh, what happens in this episode. Tell yeah, me about it. Let's do a synopsis. And that is, an animator for Sailor V's new movie is Netflight's next target. Amy sees him leaving, however, and decides to check it out. Soon, the energy is at its highest, and the scouts must fight the Gemini twins. Yeah, you know, the Gemini twins. Yeah, the Gemini twins. <laughs> They're very well-established characters by this point. We've seen them never before, uh, never again. Um, so this, yeah, I don't know. This episode had a lot going on, uh, but also not a lot. I didn't take a lot away. I'm actually sort of relying a lot on the notes that I just, that I had taken because it sort of flew out of my brain as soon as I was done watching it. And all I really remember is the terrible Southern accent that that main lady had. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I want to talk about that horrible accent. Although first it has recently come to our attention <laughs> Yeah, a very, a very slick edit that I'm sure happened very, very seamlessly by Kyle. Yeah, uh, where a we a blase just... whoopsie going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so Rory did not actually watch this episode, An Animated Mess. He watched something mm. about a princess. He, tra- yeah. he time traveled to the future, it seems. And, so, and we, are, we are finally reaping the... Uh, the the the, uh, the issue with having all these weird skipped like secret Japanese episodes <laughs> is the the tendency towards misnumbering. Yeah, and I have watched the wrong episode today. Well, that's okay. You can follow along with Austin and I, and we'll we'll blast through this one. Uh, because <laughs> good. just ask good guiding questions, and we yeah, will right. hopefully be a be a real cool host for us. Um. Because, yeah, like like Rory mentioned, there are skipped episodes, and we actually did just skip over uh, an episode that uh, maybe we'll talk about at some other point, but was called uh, Summer, the Beach, Youth, and also Ghosts. And I have watched, I have also watched this episode. I have and... too. No, I think, I think it seems fantastic. I just didn't want to, I didn't want to get lost in the, in the sea of skipped episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It might be, it might be easier to just bang out the ones we've skipped in one episode or something like that. Yeah, so uh, maybe look forward to that. Yeah, uh, because you know I think that would be fun, and there is some there's some quality content out there. That's true. Um, so, so this one, this one, uh, we start with learning about Sailor V again. Um, Serena is obsessed with Sailor V. There's a movie coming out, and this is yeah. an animated movie. She's even though you couldn't commercial. really tell. Yeah, like how does that? It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Like, she's supposed to be, like, a real hero, but she is 100% sold out. Yeah, see, Sailor V jumped in at the right time and knew how to merchandise immediately. And so yeah. I imagine she probably did a little bit of hero work, but she's been able to sit back on residuals for the last, like, year and a half. <laughs> yeah. If she was smart. If she got in, she did some good licensing work. Um, but But there's a movie, and we follow these two 
women, Cassie and Lori, who are animators and students at the art school working on the Sailor V movie. Oh, that they're and, also, I was about to ask. They look pretty. They look pretty young. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so they're like fresh out of high school, basically. So Lori is with the short hair. Uh, she is who we follow. She's kind of the, the major character in this episode who gets enchanted by Netflight. And her accent is the most over the top Georgia peach Southern <laughs> Belle accent. And it's it's not uh, good either. Does like, she it's, declare it's, anything? No, I she think never she said does. that. I don't think she said I do declare, but she did at one point say desperate times call for desperate oh, no. measures. She also said, uh, I'm going to something like squeal like two stuck pigs. <laughs> I've almost used up all of my pencils. It's yeah. it's a really it's a really beautiful performance is what we're trying to get at. I'm happy. I'm, I'm tickled like a fat boy in a pig stick factory. <laughs> Where they make the pig sticks. Yeah. <laughs> you understand that a stuck pig is like a, a gutted, bleeding pig, right? Like, that's not like a fun, like they're just in a hole. <laughs> oh, no, I'm stuck in a hole, says the pig. <laughs> what pig stick business is this? <laughs> it should be stated um, that her accent is not quite as bad as Edamon's Elvis impression. Uh, yeah, but somehow, so, somehow, Edamon makes that work uh, on a sort of for a sustained basis. I, I this is I think this because is it it understands difficult. it's cartoonish, and Sailor Moon tries to get away with these accents. Yeah, yeah, yeah this isn't like, like a joke accent. Edamon's accent is a joke, and he he hams <laughs> it up. But this is just like a this is an artistic choice that is pulls <laughs> way too much focus. <laughs> it is distracting. So, Lori and Cassie sort of have uh I should mention this they the one of the only real big changes from the uh the original to the dub in this episode is there's a few little bits that are cut that might imply that Lori and Cassie are maybe a little bit more than friends. Uh-oh. I wondered about that uh, uh are they kissing under the blankets? <laughs> is that what you do, Rory when you're a little bit more than friends. <laughs> Just a little bit. You're, you're, you're ashamed of it, so you got the blanket. You kiss no, I'm just saying, blankets. like, if they were if they were touching midriffs, then they're fully more than friends. A little bit more than friends is just kissing under the blankets. <laughs> I like this metric. Me too. Um, Me too. You know, I mean, so I was wondering about that the whole time, and wondering if that was going to be there because I know there's sort of precedent for that later in Sailor Moon. Yeah. Uh, but blanket it's also, kisses. It was also possible. Just. Same sex heavy friendship. Heavy friendship. <laughs> <laughs> That's a coinage. A good, good term right there. Is same sex heavy friendship? Um, but uh, I mean, I was title. I was also wondering that it could just be like you know actual female friendship. That's just genuine platonic female friendship that we also don't see a lot. Right. Um, but if there were you know if there were cut scenes then you i mean know. it wasn't a ton it was just like you know some pinky promise moments and like at the very end like their faces are sort of up in the sky and they're holding hands or whatever i don't know it's like a it's mm-hmm. little little moments that sort of like it, it felt a bit like deke was just sort of getting ahead of it like no 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 we're gonna mm, we're gonna this stuff <laughs> gotta shut it down <laughs> shut that down for before girls are become heavy friends heavy friends <laughs> <laughs> 
So <laughs> this is my yeah. heavy friend, Lori. <laughs> There's gotta be. I a, mean, that's not... a that's a bad. That's not, not. I don't like... think anybody's gonna appreciate that. Not like <laughs> not like a heavy friend, but like a heavy friend. If you know right. what I it's, mean, it's there's a hyph- it's hyphenated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, perfect. Right, yeah. So they, they, uh, they have a heavy French. I got and now see this is <laughs> it's all they're you like can think they're about. really good friends and they have special pencils. They do. Uh, That's and like they're a really under a lot of pressure. Of yeah. Uh, yeah. She's got this boss. Lori's got this boss who uh, yells at her for like ever so slightly drawing Sailor V off model. And she gets really stressed, and then uh, Neflite shows up and farts a demon into her pencil. Um, yeah, and, so and that's the grossest <laughs> way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, she—it's like the same plot of of many of these episodes, right? Yeah. It's like ah, uh, someone's in crisis, and then he shows up and puts a demon into their implement of choice. Uh, and this time, it's a pencil. And so the rest of the episode, like, she goes from sort of being like, I'm worried about my workout, like, my output and my friend is doing better than me to, like, stone cold bitch. I don't need anybody. I'm putting out images like crazy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and yeah. I'll leave. I'll start my own company. Mm -hmm. You're all, yeah. Now, so I would say this formula is really starting to get a little long in the tooth. And the show is aware of it. It's kind of it's kind of a meta episode in that the characters are also aware that this is a formula that keeps happening. And to me, that's what kind of saves it a little bit. Um, first of all, we have Amy as a total boss. Yeah, Amy decides to follow Neflite because she sees him drive by in his midlife crisis muscle car. And uh, she's like, <laughs> oh, shit. It's Neflight. I bet he's off to do some dastardly deeds. Yeah, and she it's goes sort on of off tone with his obsession with like lacy bonnets and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he's overcompensating. He drives like a like drives like a sick Corvette. Yeah, <laughs> it's the the funny thing, though, is normally when people see him go by everyone like he seems familiar and then they think nothing about it for the mm-hmm. rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. Finally, in this one, we get Amy who who does the he seems familiar and then, oh, it's Neflight. Oh, damn. All right. Yep. And then she's on it. Then she's on the case and she follows him and she like figures it out right away, which is a huge yeah. breath of fresh air. Yeah, that is Instead nice. Of... There's no there's no hemming and hawing about like, who's the target? Is there a target? She's immediately like, oh, I followed him to the studio. It's this animator lady. I'll be back later to fix this. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah. So Amy's a total boss in this one. Uh, yep. Then we have a real our, I, my sick burn of the week. Oh, is when Luna, uh, well, Serena says she's going to beat him up. So Amy immediately tells everybody. And then she's like, oh, how dare he? That, that Serena's going to beat up Neflight. And then Luna says, this is coming from someone who cries, a girl who cries during pillow fights. <laughs> <laughs> I think I missed that line. It was great. That's wonderful. Yeah. I, I was a big... from a girl who cries during pillow fights. <laughs> I was a, I was a real big fan. Uh, Neflite, when he's talking to Amy, he bothers to like call out her and Serena, but not Ray for being like super wimps. Yeah. And Amy comes back and tells him about it. And Serena's like, what? I'm not a wimp. And Luna's just standing there. She goes, well, it does have a certain ring of truth to it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just like continuing yeah, just to be the worst one. mother. Yeah. 
she drops that like it's just not even she's stone cold yeah luna is stone cold um i forgot that Netflix lives in a spooky house <laughs> it, it's not really established all that often. Like whenever we cut to Netflight doing his Zodiac guessing when he's like reading his horoscope to figure out who's the target, he's in this like old Victorian house. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not really we get sure. To see him, we get to see him in that house a little more, not doing that. He's just like sitting around drinking lemonade in his like country manner. Yeah. <laughs> like having a julep out on the porch. And, yeah. uh, it's it's at that moment that we get, I think, uh, a, a very big point of confusion for me, or just sort of I have a lot of questions, uh, where Zoicite gets real sassy with him, as usual, and he says, oh, you've been studying human sarcasm, I see. And Nephlight says, <laughs> Nephlight says, it's required. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. For, for his evil academy. <laughs> Do they take human studies? Yeah, they sit around <laughs> and learn about the humans. That's... That's so weird. That's like a really odd bit of world building for a joke. Sometimes human will say, humans will say a thing that they sound like they mean it, but they don't. Uh, it's like, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really interesting. <laughs> no, see, I was using that earth sarcasm. <laughs> uh, well, okay. So, Rory... Yes, um, uh, you did not watch this. Correct, Amundo. Uh, do you have any questions before we sort of finish this one out? Because there wasn't that much to talk about. Let's be real. No, uh, I'm following what you guys are talking about. I am watching on silent. It's kind of, you know, boxes are ticking as you're talking about them. Mm -hmm, There's a cool mm -hmm. little animation gag that I haven't seen before that uh, where um, one of the one of our girls is on the phone. And the other the other side before they appear in that like cutaway box for two phone calls, uh, kind of like reaches into the panel and like rips open the space. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. kind of like like uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like just kind of it's interesting because this is an episode about cartoonists. Mm -hmm. they, yeah. they they handle the the sort of meta phone call uh, paneling in a very cool way. I almost feel like this episode was more for the animators than it was for yeah. us. Like there, there are probably a lot of inside jokes in this episode, like character models that look like their director or uh -huh. things like that. I would not be surprised if they, yeah, if they or you know, there are certain conventions that they're riffing on based on animator culture or what it's like to be a student in an animation department. Yeah, for sure. There's a there's a bit of the other little bit of cut content that you to, I totally understand why they cut uh, where where she's getting reamed out for being off model by her boss. Uh, it's actually a longer scene. And he says stuff like, you know, and you needs to have more passion. And he's like pointing at her legs. And Lori's like, do you mean Ugh. Sailor V should be sexier? And he's like, oh, no, no, no. I'll, I'll go, I'm, of course, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a parent. What do you know? I would never say that. And huh. like, like it's really awkward. Like, like he wanted her to make her sexier, but yeah, it's a it's a weird moment. They definitely cut out of the the English. A little bit of commentary, maybe in that. Yeah, I was gonna say like, but yeah, I, I imagine that's uh, what our what our author dealt with when she was yep. you know, being told how to change it without being like explicitly told what the changes they wanted were. And yeah, yeah, I mean, we talked kind of when we first started Sailor Moon. I think we briefly sort of 
talked about the kind of uh, like male gaze that went into the conception of the the character designs and stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to know sort of what more of those details are, because, yeah, that definitely s- sounded a little bit like a like a true story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would not be surprised. Yeah. And it's not a not a surprise. The animators are female and then the boss is male and yeah. he's the one giving the, you know, giving those notes. Mm-hmm. Not a surprise. Uh, so we have there's one thing that happens that is getting pretty ridiculous at this point. Which, when the there's like a support character to the person who gets whammy, yeah, mm-hmm. and <laughs> oh, you mean the, the fainting? Yeah, the fainting is happening now, <laughs> just kind of by pure necessity, without even you know. Sometimes they get zapped, sometimes they get hit by something, and they get knocked out. But we have to have plausible deniability so that the, the these normies can't be around when the girls transform. Yeah, and it's it's you can set your clock to it at this point. Yeah, it's and pretty I, wonderful. I, I basically did. I was like, okay, well, they have to transform now, and she's got to pass out somehow, and then just on it, she just is gone. <laughs> like, okay. Insta faints. Insta faint. Yeah. Uh, what I liked about that whole sequence, right, where like things are turning and the demon's about to come out, is that normally the the person who's been whammied sort of remains like with kind of a like their normal self but just jerky this mm-hmm. time this time she gets on the phone with her boss and and he's like wow your work is great and she's like yeah it is and i don't need you well, well i was gonna put you on the sequel there's not gonna be a sequel because sailor v is <laughs> good and good sucks and evil's the best all hail the negaverse like <laughs> like she she just full-on goes like like talking about the negaverse and how it's the best thing ever, even before the demon comes out. That was a weird, a weird shift. And of course, imagine all of that, that I just said, like with a angry Southern accent, that's really bad. Right. And then she, and then she's also kind of a mix between Shinji and Shinji's dad in Evangelion. Like he does the glass, the glasses thing. Yeah. Or she does the, sorry, she does the glasses thing. And then like, and look just kind of a, kind of a Shinji going there. Uh, but that's that's neither here nor there. I'm going to I'm going to just sort of bring up the fact that Austin doesn't get demerits <laughs> for this shit. <laughs> and yet I do. Uh, so I'll just shut up. Um, yeah, that's, that's good. <laughs> they, we get our first three way transform in this episode. Oh, yeah, that's right. we get a mm-hmm. three panel. It's pretty cool looking. Sort it of is. Cut. They uh, yeah, it's like a little vertical split or yeah. horizontal split. Uh, they, they, it takes like a full, at least like a full minute of time for all three of them to transform, but it is kind of fun. You know, you can tell, you you can tell they didn't have much content for this episode. Yeah. You would think it would go faster when we see them all starting to transform at the same time. Like, oh great. They're going to speed this up. No, it's, it's still just as long. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but the last thing that I really think is noteworthy uh, they take out the bad guy, which of course is two, right? It's the Gemini yeah. warriors that come out, these these two women, and they've got uh, bub- Mercury Bubbles and Mars Fire. They're like using their own powers against them, and it's sort of like this moment of, oh no. But the way they finish them off is they all use their powers at the same time. And yeah, it make a yeah, fiery like a disc with a ring of attack. bubbles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's a fire. It looks like a bubbling pizza with some soap. <laughs> And it 
like it's supposed to have a really cool effect like oh man all three of their powers are combining but it just sort yeah, of yeah it's like the end of avatar the last airbender when he's got all four elements working at the same time yeah yeah and everything's sort of moving together and then you've just got like a few pebbles floating around and you're like eh, okay i'll buy into it but this is even a little sillier yeah this is a <laughs> lot sillier uh but it was fun it was definitely fun yeah yeah, I'm, I so I did a when I was doing a little bit of research on the episode. Uh, apparently, this is the last episode that features the Negaverse gathering energy. What? Yeah, that's what it says. What um, does that mean? What does that mean for our future? I don't know, but I think this is maybe this was Neflite's like last shot. I think you know the reason he's got to go were, to the he's got to go to the Eternal Sleep. Maybe they were building up the Gemini Warriors as like. His ultimate, you know, right. ace in the hole or aces in the hole in the holes, um, and then yeah, they they wherever aces go, yeah, wherever aces go, but they just you know <laughs> they popped them good and real quick, and yeah. I think I think we're gonna see Neflite doing some kind of last stand, gonna get encased whether he in that throws, crystal, whether he throws airplanes at them or not is up in the air, but I am. <laughs> I'm you can always hold out hope for the airplane tossing. The airplane toss is a great move. <laughs> but I loved yeah. when the the Undertaker used it. <laughs> Real big fan. Uh, Sailor says at the end, "Don't cut corners like when you make this episode." Yeah, doing something well takes time and patience, but that's what makes it worth it. And then, as always, Luna's got to come in and say something mean to Serena at the end. Because yep. she can't just let us have a nice ending. Yeah, I'd like there be the one about, hey, maybe you should be nice to your friends, like you, <laughs> Luna. Like, I would love, I would love to see Luna get called out just once. Me too. Just once. Give me this. Give me this thing. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, Rory, thanks for leading our discussion. Uh. Yeah, with we, my insightful knowledge of this particular episode. Yeah, I loved all of your uh, your input, and <laughs> it was, you know, as always, I'm just proud to have you as a friend. Yep. I feel the same way about me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was an animated mess. All right, let's 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 keep those gears turning. Hey, Rory. What up, Doug? I uh, am excited to hear about this brand new sponsor that we've got. Uh, so tip top sponsor alert. Yeah. I want you to tell us all about it. And that is the, uh, two hot monsters walk in health clinic. Rory's favorite two kind hot of sponsor. Monsters. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just, okay. So our sponsor this week, is two hot monsters walk in health clinic, right? So have you ever, do you, if you feel like a doctor is getting a little, you know, uh, high on his own supply, and acting acting a little a little rich for his britches, and you want to tell him, hey, you know what, Doctor Doctor O'Malley, you can you, here's the new plan. I'm gonna go to Two Hot Monsters Walk In Health Clinic, <laughs> the health clinic that's not run by doctors, it's run by monsters. What kind of monsters? Two hot monsters. <laughs> <laughs> now, to be clear, is this the number two, or are these monsters too hot? <laughs> it's the, it's the number two. It's like it's like a it's like a brand. We're two hot monsters. I'm Jerry and this is Terry. Come on down 
and get your mumps removed. Get your warts lasered off. <laughs> get your teeth pulled. We do it all. Don't like your toes? We'll nibble them. Don't like your don't like your fangs? We'll drill them. We do it everything. We don't take insurance. We're monsters. Want vampire bat wings? Sure, we do that. Want a beaver tail? No problem. We're two hot monsters, and we give you monster parts. Do I need to make an appointment? No, it's a walk-in health clinic. <laughs> run by two hot monsters. <laughs> Jerry and Terry. Jerry and Terry. The hot monsters. Well, that sounds amazing. I can't wait to go whenever I need a scary thing. So go on, check out two hot monsters, free health clinic. Walk-in health clinic. Walk-in free, freezer style health clinic. Alright, welcome back to our completely themeless episode. Uh, without any further ado, we're going to talk about Silverhawks Episode 7, The Back Room. Boy, we sure are Zeppelin along in this episode. Zeppelin is not a verb. You can't like Zeppelin. It's a like little apostrophe at the end, like Zeppelin. <laughs> you can't Zeppel. Are you Zeppelin? No, well, I was until you, you know, put a big <laughs> steam obstacle in front of me. <laughs> The steam-powered automaton. The blue wrench in our gears. The synopsis of this episode goes... Uh, the Stargazers... The Stargazers? Who wrote this? I Take didn't. two. Uh, the Silverhawks investigate a mob machine that has a, the power to destroy every planet in Limbo Galaxy. Uh, which is delightfully vague. Uh, we can give you the yeah, details it makes, it in makes a minute. Pretty little sense. That's the whole synopsis. Yeah, you'd be surprised how little online content there is about Silverhawks. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, fair, not, I'm like, not surprised. It's pretty. In, it's pretty in line with how much like plot happens this episode. Okay this this episode is wonderful. This is wonderful and and ridiculous. Uh, we finally meet the last member of the of the the Monstar Mob, and I claim I him think. as my waifu. mr poker face poker face face stan yeah yes he's mine i want him i want him and his eyes that are slot machines (laughs) but that's something that they the only thing they they also can say no yeah (laughs) he can say no with his eyes yeah (laughs) he can't say yes though it's too many letters (laughs) (laughs) gotta rely on your mouth for that he might be able to swing on (laughs) This episode is one of my top two, probably. Oh, so okay, far. interesting. I like it, it for sure. Yeah, it's so good. It's it, so good, and it's just completely buck wild at the same time. <laughs> uh, There's, si- I think, once and for all, we fully throw science out the window. We space yeah. it out an airlock, and we don't save it. Uh, science is gone, never to return to this show. Um, okay. So the, the, the big conceit of this episode is that poker face has somehow built a machine that is a slot machine, but instead of like bar and one and like other weird shit that's normally on a slot machine, 
it's images of planets, and if you line up all three of the same planet, that planet explodes. Yeah, inexplicably. Yeah, zero, yeah. It's not like a giant laser. No, and it's it, not like he's planted explosives on it beforehand, like an absurd amount. It's yeah. just somehow by the power of chance, <laughs> it destroys a planet. Yeah. And all planets are fair game. They're all in the slot machine, including the planetoid that the Silverhawks live on, Hawkhaven. Right. What? Yeah. I don't understand. But it gives us a fantastic series of things <laughs> that this episode does. It's so good. <laughs> The, so here's the other the other conceit of the episode is that this mob casino, this floating space casino is in the starship casino. Yes, is beyond the legal light year limit. <laughs> and that is some sort of zone. Like international waters type situation. Yeah, international yeah. waters that cannot be policed by the law. So the law cannot touch it or else what? Interpol? Yeah. Well, it's, such, it's such a, you know, a, a thing I talk about a lot is like a complete missed reading of the of the theme and of the of the like stakes. So the fact that they think children are, you know, going to get worked up over jurisdictional red tape <laughs> is <laughs> kind of silly. Like the, the that's the villain of this episode is is uh, the rules. Yeah, which which is <laughs> yeah. like. Who who says that they can't do it? You know, I mean, here's yeah. the thing. Here's the thing. It's completely ridiculous if you put a second of thought into it. It is. Right. But it does allow limits. And this episode is able to play with limits in a certain way. Uh, yeah. That creates for a, just a much more interesting story. Even if, again, even if logically it makes no goddamn sense. <laughs> well, they set they yeah, set they're the making limits. choices about like re- about repercussions and um, right. We can't use actions. our weapons. We've got to be clever. We've got to do this new attempt. We've got to try right. this new thing. And it, that's such a breath of fresh air. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it definitely is. I won't I won't argue that point. Uh, they don't seem to have any shortage of loopholes through this light year limit policy. Correct. Uh, because. The first instance I think that we see of it is just like, well, we can't fire our weapons, but we can go there and like get in people's way. Oh, okay. Well, we can't fire our weapons, but we can use a smoke bomb. Okay. Yeah, well, well, I mean, if, you're, if you wanted to get all kind of like <laughs> Joseph Campbell on it, you know, part of like learning to be a quote unquote man, you're sort of like, you know, your trial of uh, is to is to learn how to break the rules while simultaneously following them. Are you monomything Silverhawks right yeah, now? Yeah, I'm monomithing you. I'm saying that like, <laughs> well, I'm just saying like it's it's a parable. It's saying that like that's what boys want to. That's what we teach boys in like Western culture. Yeah, is how to break the rules without technically breaking the rules. Yeah, right. Hmm. Totally. Interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, but the the actual setup for the episode is that a like a mole or some sort of agent who works with Stargazer. Mm-hmm. relays a SOS message to Stargazer through Tallyhawk that he has been discovered and that the mob knows that he is an agent and he gets spaced, basically. He yeah. Some kind of weird, multi-legged, armed... He's like a yellow looking... sp- spider creature. Yeah, uh... he has a very normal voice for what ends up being a very ridiculous-looking creature. <laughs> yeah, it's a little like that... Uh, like. Willie Nelson from that 
but not that Willie Nelson from the episode of uh, Aqua Teen. That weird little spider garlic creature that lives in their attic. <laughs> oh, just, my God. That's right. Yeah. Just talks like yeah. a normal dude. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, but then Stargazer goes in immediately, goes there in a robe with no other plan. And surprising, you know, without surprising no one, the exact same thing happens to him. Yeah. <laughs> There's a fun little animation bit because I, for whatever reason, didn't immediately notice that it was Stargazer. Maybe because I, was, I just didn't put two and two together right away. Oh, yeah, okay. I didn't show, pick it up either. The show doesn't always <laughs> pretend to follow logical sequencing. So nope, sure. I just accepted that a robed person. Anyway, the fun little bit is that inside his robe, there's just like this one eye. And I was like, well, kind of odd. Oh, yeah. And yeah, then yeah. lo and behold, it's it's Stargazer's one good eye. Yeah, right. sure enough. For, yeah. for whatever reason, his his telescoping eye doesn't reflect like no. the way a, a human eye does but it's uh, matte it's matte <laughs> we've thrown science out the window guys i know i just think it would have been cooler if we saw like one reflect like if we just saw his like yeah his eye reflecting rather or his you know his laser eye mm-hmm. rather than his good eye because that i just think it would have looked cooler would have been more visually dynamic yeah, yeah. uh well, so the hawks scoop him up yeah they they space him but he thank god he's partly metal Otherwise, yeah. he'd be totally dead. <laughs> partly, his partly real part is probably uh, freaking out, but his partly metal part is totally okay being in space because, as we've established on this show, space is basically like just being anywhere else. It's fine. Yeah, they they have really not figured out that space doesn't have gravity. No. Yeah, he's falling. Also, <laughs> he's falling his, his and, scarf and is blowing in the too, wind like... that doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> but. Yep. But they, they save him, and then, yeah, then we begin this sort of back-and-forth situation where apparently the main client for this uh, horrible machine that has been built is Munstar, who immediately gets, it just makes the worst gambling decisions ever. Like, he gets hooked huh. on, on one success and then comes back <gasps> and spends trillions of golden discs uh, <laughs> over and over again trying to get the Silverhawks uh, jackpot and murder their planet. Yeah. Uh, I I have so many questions about Monstar <laughs> and his role in this episode. Because, so Mumbo Jumbo works for Poker Face. Yeah, it's a weird revolving door situation with these henchmen. I don't know who they really work for at any given moment. They're like independent contractors. Like one week they're Monstars and one week they're Poker Faces. And... Yeah, because... You know, Monstar is paying Poker Face like he couldn't just take everything else that he normally just takes. I don't understand why he doesn't just immediately put the threat on Poker Face and, you know, just get what he wants. Yeah, I mean, because not that there's any world building to this, time. but, you know, the, the, you could draw you could draw an allegory between, you know, a casino owner and the and, and a mafia boss and like the sort of symbiotic relationship they have where certainly one might have more power in a, if you were to tally it up and give value to different things you're able to accomplish. But realistically, he's not exactly a henchman either. Yeah. No. I just, but poker face also doesn't seem to have any real threat to monster. He doesn't have any muscle other no. than maybe mumbo jumbo. It would just, also it would works just come down to like his value, his value as a financial asset or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's just ridiculous because also Monstar mentions that money means nothing to him. And we just got yeah. off like an episode or two of him 
trying of to obsess with money. Yeah, trying to make money, money by trying to make selling money, power also crystals, not paying his henchmen mm-hmm. because he asked for money. He asked for yeah. payment and he didn't want to pay him. Uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a funny like it's a funny argument with like, hey, uh, we haven't been paid yet. Money means nothing to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Okay. Uh, so, so then you, where does that? Can I have some? <laughs> it means gonna, a lot. I'm to gonna me. spend it all at a <laughs> casino, <laughs> where I could just demand it for free and probably get it. Yeah. Minstar's like those really sad old uh, old men and women you see just like yanking that handle over and over again at casinos. Like they've with been there cup, all day with a big like big Fish. gulp cup uh-huh. full of coins. Uh huh. He's he just turns into that, but he transforms to go like he's in his yeah. super evil form. Like he 12 comes feet in tall. dressed up. Yeah. Uh, it's very silly to see him <laughs> that tall, like ducking around all the doors and. I mean, imagine. <clears throat> sorry, got some weird sounds coming out of my throat. Weird throat hawks. Right, I I threw up in my mouth a little earlier, and I tried <laughs> to hide it. So, <laughs> imagine if if Mumra, the ever living, uh, just like showed up at a casino or something, right? But like full, fully transformed, but just walks in and sits down at like a blackjack table. Yeah, like that's like, how silly uh, this was. Okay, <laughs> my. I mean, that's that's the issue with both Mumra and Monstar is that they're just really poorly written characters. And that means <laughs> it's very difficult for them to do anything. It's like if they were an improv character. They right. would be the worst <laughs> improv character because yeah. you can, because they won't accept any offers. They won't like no. listen. Oh, they don't have further any... explain it. I thought. Yeah. Just uh, <laughs> your example of like if they were an improv character, they'd be. The worst uh, improv, improv character. character. <laughs> it's pretty ironic. I don't know if we if needed you think that extra, an extra example for that analogy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that they're they're incredibly obstinate characters, and they yeah. have they're nothing but the Michael Scott freeze FBI. <laughs> every I mean, scene. If you walked into uh, an improv scene and the other person was like. Ah, oh, hey, welcome to the casino, blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, money means nothing to me. I am Munstar. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> that's not a good yes and. No, exactly. <laughs> that's a no and also no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's why it was funny to see him in- interacting with the casino in some way, even though it didn't make any sense. And there wasn't really anything he bought into. He was just, I will do it this way. And then I want it tomorrow. I'm going to go home. And then when I come back tomorrow, it better, better work. <laughs> yeah. The fact that Monster had to go home and come Monster back. Had to go home. Yeah. Monster went home <laughs> and he like brought his boys back. <laughs> the fa- he like he goes and comes back several times. Yeah. It's wonderful. And the fact, and you know, he's got a machine that literally you touch it enough and it will blow up all opposition in the universe. <laughs> And he's like, all right, well, I'll keep doing it tomorrow, I guess. What are you doing? Stay there all night. He's like tireless in his in his attempt to conquer the galaxy. And he's calling it a night. Maybe maybe the maybe his outside his outside uh, armor like fades away. Maybe he can't hold the Munstar form infinitely. He doesn't want people to see him nude. Oh, yeah. And then he'll just be like a shriveled lion man playing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so 
the episode, of course, devolves into uh, ship-to-ship combat that's not particularly compelling. But uh, one thing a that I love... A little showdown between Mumbo-Jumbo and Copper Kid's kind of cool. Yeah, that yeah, I was going to say. That exactly. was kind of a cool twist. That we was a fun fight. We had individual fights. We had individual fights. We also, again, though, it they couldn't use weapons, and so they had to use like non weapon solutions and then they discovered the idea of towing the casino back into the legal light year limit which again was another little wrinkle that they threw in based on creative problem solving and not again just not firing elbow lasers right. into the into the problem until right. it goes away though i imagine legally it's a bit murky I, I think attaching a tow cable and dragging you back into your yeah, this is some this is, is some like probably... CIA black ops style <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I can't fight you over there, what if I just carry you over here and punch you? Um, yeah. Then they go in. Or what were you gonna say, Andy? Oh no, I just the, one thing that I loved is that they they kind of attack and they attach the tow cable while uh, Mumbo Jumbo and Poker Face are both like recharging because they're both robots. Yeah, they have to plug in. They got to plug in and they they just use regular like Edison wall plugs. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a two-pronged plug <laughs> like you have for your toaster. <laughs> they literally just design any sort of cool looking thing. <laughs> no. And they give them Yeah, uh... they give them a blender plug. Oh, it's, it's good. Uh, and then, and then they, yeah, they, the, the, the defining final blow is dealt to Star by, uh, by dumping a bunch of gold coins on him, which of course, uh, hurts a lot and sends him all the way home. Somehow. Yeah, it propels you <laughs> through space. I just love, I love the logic or the complete lack of it in this show. It started like just embracing how dumb it is. Because uh, those first few episodes like really tried to be like, no, we're kind of like a space opera, and it's just gotten more and more cartoony every episode. I think yeah, that's a fair assessment. I it, think uh, I've discovered they've that... dropped a lot of the weird like military pretense. Mm-hmm. Right. Like yeah. we give a shit about military ranks and like the the uh, the, uh, the operational like um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we just had Time Stopper, this rude yeah. boy. Rude boy who stops time, and then this time we have a slot machine that can blow up a planet. Uh, <laughs> I think we've we've definitely entered a different realm now. Yeah. What I realized is that space is just fancy air. <laughs> I think that's true in real life, too. I mean, it's kind of the opposite. <laughs> I think air is just fancy space. Ooh. Now that's something that I could knit into uh, <laughs> like a tablecloth. Air is just fancy <laughs> space. Yeah. Yeah, and then so the Silverhawks get into the ship and they find the they find the slot machine and they crunch it a bit and then they just throw it into space. <laughs> Never to be Yeah. Seen again. I mean it's a pretty ludicrous scene when uh, Copper Kid drops all of uh, Monstar's money on him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's a fun little reversal that that's his, you know, that's how he's defeated this his episode. Undoing. His undoing is being smothered by his own money. Which means nothing to him. Which <laughs> just means nothing. <laughs> I'm fine. 
<laughs> yeah. I just, I wish I could tell when they're actually giving Monstar some sort of interesting character aspect because he just still just kind of does things and shouts them in caps lock. I think and, what they realized was when you drive a car that's a squid, you don't need to be interesting. This <laughs> <laughs> car is a squid. You got it made. Now that <laughs> just is... Knows. That's a cross stitch right there. <laughs> <laughs> when you drive a squid car, you don't need to be interesting. There's got to be a better rhyme in there. Yeah, probably. You've got a squid car, you're going to go far. Yeah. Kind of broad. Squid, you're a, bit. a cool kid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll come yeah. back to you on that. We'll come. Yeah, we'll touch next episode. We'll have something. We'll have 30 ready to go. In the Saturday Morning Tuesdays cross-stitch store. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Some patterns. Yeah, that's our Boom. show. Silverhouse. Steampunk. Steampunk. No. <laughs> hey, awesome. Yeah, Rory. This week, I was hoping you'd tell us about a sponsor we've got. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, this week was sponsored by a company called Adult Popsicles. <laughs> I am overflowing with excitement to talk about Adult Popsicles. Adult Popsicles have been a long time in the making. Uh, They're the result of a one of the most successful Kickstarters uh, ever run in Poland. So this wonderful thing adult popsicles comes to us uh straight from Jonas Kanuski and he uh, has developed a new formula for popsicles that only adults can taste <laughs> you give it to a child flavorless glob an adult yum 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 yes please thank you more for me so if you are tired of children always thieving your popsicles when children are always sneaking around and, and having secret licks of your of your icy icy sticks they have created this formula and it actually is like a deterrent like you know where you put wolf urine around an area to turn animals away because they're afraid of its musk uh, so this kind of works like that for children um, with saving the delicious flavors only for us grown up adults what do they taste like? They've got, I'm so glad you asked. They've got wonderful flavors like boss promotion, <laughs> more healthcare for me. That's another flavor. Uh, grown up raspberries, <laughs> Roth IRA, vegetable medley. <laughs> <laughs> Yum! <laughs> so, all of these awesome flavors and more uh, can be found at adultpopsicles.com. Uh, so you can get them. You can get them pretty soon, and uh, make sure that you are not the incorrect age when you taste them. Being a child is like a state of mind. You know how they say that. Well, you better be correct, and you better be the right sort of internal mental age as well. You know, like if you're like, oh, I feel like a child, and then oh, too bad, not gonna work. The popsicles aren't gonna taste sweet. They're gonna taste like the gray mush. So you're you're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna be real sure when you bite into these uh, saccharin treats.
All right, welcome everybody to Digimon Adventures episode 20, the earthquake of Metal Greymon. Mm. After discovering Sora's location inside the pyramid base, the group form a plan of attack in order to rescue her, and Edamon's reign of terror comes to a surprising end. That's kind of a spoiler right there in the synopsis. I mean, it is kind of a spoiler right in the synopsis. Wait, does it end or does it? Because, yeah, he's still alive at the end of this one, isn't he? Uh, he gets blasted into the portal, and we think he's dead. Oh, that's right. He hits the he hits the the portal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I'm I, I'm in I, an interesting <clears throat> case where the the more plot heavy an episode is, the fewer notes I have. Yeah, because for one, you got to be paying more attention. But also, and like, just recap. Also, there's yeah. there's just like you know, there's more action and less like goofy character whatnots. Um, right. Mm-hmm. I, I want to say real fast before we jump in too far, uh, we've we've watched 20 episodes of this show. Mm-hmm. This Digimon's been going since we started this podcast. So, uh, you know, congrats for for <laughs> we've made it. We've made it 20. Yeah. Whether our listeners have, that's <laughs> another another question. But who knows? We're we're enjoying it and we are. Seeing some benefits of the long haul. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely yeah. interesting to like see a show over over a time frame, right? I mean, to, to sort of watch it change a little. Yeah, we've seen a few arcs now, um, and this is definitely the end of an arc, uh, because we sort of have this giant showdown. I mean, it's it's bigger than anything we've had so far in the show. Yeah, physically, like literally bigger. Yeah, we're not getting a manifestation of Jesus Christ. No, but. We are still getting some some very big, big moving and shaking happening in this episode. Yeah, it's interesting, like because you would think that the kind of religious overtones that they've been trying to push this one have been uh, would be like Egyptian. But besides this, like the 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 Sphinx and the the pyramid, they haven't really leaned into that very hard. Biamon did get crucified, but yeah, Biamon Biamon hangs out in some Jesus in a Jesus position. A G-sogonal, a G-sogonal <laughs> shape. A G-sogonal shape. It's, it's in a, the cro- for those of you that don't know, that's a shape that has Jesus sides. Yeah. The number of sides this, is Jesus. It does tessellate also. Yes. <laughs> must. Uh, I, uh, I was a big fan. We sort of start this episode and they're going over our, their plan and there's like a big... Uh, like screen that Izzy has conjured up with like a map of the surrounding area and dots for where people are. And Joe's standing there like Admiral Akbar and like pointing at things and telling them where they're going to go. It's, it's like suddenly they're a, a military unit almost. Yeah. Like uh, they have a cool little conversation. Mm-hmm. Ty as always wants to like storm the castle mm-hmm. yeah. and they have to be like, yo, this is going to be try number four of that exact plan that has worked out quite poorly for us. in the past. <laughs> So we got to start thinking and using the old top noodles, using the brain between our giant jellied hair. <laughs> Come up with a plan. Yeah, yeah, they definitely did that. I mean, this is an intricate plan that I think generally works pretty well. Mm-hmm. They uh, they took some cues from from Silverhawks's uh, m- massive technological advancements. And like they invented the net, we have here invented <laughs> sand colored tarps that they hide yeah. under <laughs> to blend in with the sand. And it works incredibly well. It works really well. Uh, 
when in doubt, they just dive back under a tarp and Edamon doesn't know where they are. Yeah. I was, I will say when they, they don't do a great job of explaining the plan. I mean, we're, we'll see it in action later, but I was hopelessly lost at the beginning of the episode. It's a little bit of a, yeah, of a family circus style. Just we're just watching these kids run around with a, not a lot of understanding of <laughs> why it's interesting or for sure. <laughs> that, that analogy got better. The more words came out of your mouth. Um, <laughs> the, I mean, at its core, it's basically a will distract Edamon outside while Ty and Izzy go and find Sora inside. Yeah. Yeah. Which would have been a lot easier to. Yeah. Be a little more upfront about. Um, Everybody so, digivolves. Yeah. We get all sorts of extra versions. We've got we've got Ikakuman back doing his harpoon tor- torpedoes. Uh, yeah, and Edamon, when Edamon sees a Kakuman and Joe, no, is it Joe? It's Joe. Yeah. Uh, he says, it's the end of the line for you and your goat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. He calls calling it a, Joe, a goat. <laughs> Ikakuman a goat is very funny because it's, <laughs> it's, it's not a goat. No. <laughs> I think just calling things goats that are not, yeah. not goats is a, is a deep well of humor. <laughs> Yeah, we had uh, Munstar dropped that on somebody. Or oh, was it Munstar? Somebody. We recently mentioned a uh, a sick burn of the week. Oh, yeah. It was somebody being called a billy goat. Oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> uh, there's a... There weren't... like I mean, like we mentioned, it's mostly action, so there weren't too many like lines that I really appreciated in this episode. But I did like... There's a moment where Ty and Izzy are going off on their own little suicide mission and Ty says, move out. And Izzy goes, Roger. And Mimi's in the corner and she goes, he's forgotten his name. Like she thought Izzy <laughs> yeah, was calling was... Ty Roger. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> it's just a really weird, like. Kind of... Yeah. It, it, ADR in there with no context was an odd, like, yes. hanging joke. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, but I agree that the. The, the intent is funny. Yeah. I mean, it, it, they needed to punch up a moment. So they were like, ah, yeah. someone write a joke for this like millisecond. Yeah. Oh, it, it plays. It does. It it, <laughs> it did play. So we've got this side plot about doppelganger Sora. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Nan- it doesn't Nanomon? go anywhere. Datamon. Datamon, uh, Datamon right. in English. Datamon. Nanomon on his little card. Yeah, so Datamon is, he wants to harness the power of Berdramon, or, <laughs> or no, or, um, Biamon. Well, yeah, I mean, Biamon. Whatever, but yeah. they, he wants to harness her power, and he can't make her do it, so he's creating a perfect clone of Sora, who will then be able to... Use the use... crest and tag and, and the digivice to... So he, he, he had her tag i guess or her crest yeah uh-huh it, it, it's okay. unclear in a way yeah. i don't hate just like you know acknowledging that they haven't really used these to be very interesting plots and they're like whatever now she's got her tag too oh well <laughs> you know like sort of hand wave um, it at, at some it, portion of the plot yeah exactly just um, to close out the arc yeah get it out of the way yeah i kind of missed that aspect um, of getting her crest, tag. but her tag. Well, oh no, it's her crest. You're right. Yeah, it's her crest. It's Everybody's got confusing. the tags. It's very. The tag's confusing. just a necklace with a spot for a crest to go in. Right. It's another and one so, of our cross stitches. 
Yeah. <laughs> a yeah. tag is just a necklace for a crest to go in. Um, <laughs> that's, that's a weird, that's a weird <laughs> phrase. Uh, there's, uh, there's a bit of back and forth, uh, and then they try and make some character drama for Ty by having him confront his new arch nemesis, the electric fence. Which, you know, <laughs> is, be- is, is better than nothing, but he's already had to deal with this before. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, last to, episode. To bring it back starts to feel a little like they're treading the same, the same territory. But yeah, I just I just really wish they would stop trying to force Ty into the main character slot. Yeah. Yeah. Like the whole point of having an ensemble cast is to see what everybody's doing. Right. <laughs> we could just this. I mean, if this show was just Ty and Agumon, then, you know, we would already it would be a much different show. And I'm not saying I, I would have preferred it, but we would have there, there would have been immediate benefits of not having to sit around for you know seven episodes meeting everybody mm-hmm. yeah but if we're gonna do that now like let's i want to see everybody i don't really want to watch the thai show the thai and Agumon show right yeah um so yeah the other thing so they he goes in to find robot sora yeah. Or metal Sora or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he has to push through the electric fence to do so. Yeah, he, he pushes through. Yeah. Believe, believe in himself that, you know, like get past his fear of dying. And that. And, and to be clear, um, there's spots in this pyramid that are like holes in the code that they can just walk straight through, walk through walls and electric fence and shit. Yeah. So Ty has to believe that the spot he's going to walk through is a hole and won't zap him. Yeah, because he could insta die in real life, too. So he makes it there. Uh, there's really like it's resolved really quickly. Yeah, for a perfect clone, she doesn't fool very many people. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I was thinking. Is they they could have <laughs> found some kind of interesting drama with there yeah. Being how fucked up would it have been if we had been stuck with the doppelganger for like multiple episodes yeah. while Sora's just chained to this table? And then when Ty finds out because Sora doesn't give him the funny kiss, and <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> That is from an old Sonic episode that we watched in like episode two yeah, or three. Really, really fucking long time ago. Yeah. Uh, back when we were talking about sexy doppelgangers. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's no, there's, there's no nothing. Drama. They don't make a meal out of it, which I feel like they could have. But yeah, it feels like a waste, like a weird unless they bring her back later. Yeah, no, I don't. They haven't. Haven't they untied her by the end of this? I think Bergamon shows up. Oh yeah, yeah. They, no, they, they get they out. Un- they get the real Sora, but you know, they, sure don't, they do nothing dead with, at the with end of doppelganger. Oh yeah, the doppelganger. Yeah, I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a returning plot. I just think it would have been interesting mm-hmm. if you know, as we as we've uh, mentioned, you know, at this point a uh, number of times that Sora's kind of the secret leader of the crew. Right. That that to be stuck with a doppelganger and shit just kind of like slowly deteriorates. Yeah. Because the doppelganger's not doing the job of Sora. Would yeah. have been cool to see. Yeah, in a better show. <laughs> yeah, maybe a better show. I, yeah, I also, I hate the the trope of the a female character, basically when writers don't know what to do with them, they just get kidnapped. It <laughs> seems like that is a fairly often, like, when the writers are sort of spinning their wheels to give a female character a, some kind of thing to do in the episode, just like, have her be kidnapped bait which is basically and, almost like giving her less to do yeah i mean if it can't. 
if it led to something interesting with her having a doppelganger or having some sort of weird thing with her crest that she's given down the line that could pay off Mm -hmm. but right now it's just like let's uh, give Sora a thing and she'll get kidnapped it it, it, you know it does kind of pay off um I don't know to what degree every single point by point it does you know I think that's probably a stretch but I know that Sora's uh, reckoning is kind of the peak of this arc okay cool well that's good uh, um so, so what that means and what that entails is is unclear i don't remember it that well sure um some weird crap happens real fast uh there's like a big bottomless pit that shows up there's viruses in it there's the dark network in it a bunch of people almost fall in it our heroes don't but the bad guys do yeah bergermont scoops them up yeah, Edamon turns into uh, uh I wrote turns into Tatsuo at the end of Akira. Yeah. yeah, he gets jacked. This is a this is a note that I wrote like I just typed this out and then I read the sentence over again and was like what is my life? I said Edamon the Elvis monkey floats out of the wreckage of the pyramid revealing he is fused with his dark network computer virus pit like some kind of Akira body horror situation. <laughs> <laughs> that is 100% not embellished. <laughs> no. No, not at all. But you that know, it's an actual adequate summation <laughs> of what has happened. Elvis monkey and pyramid and Akira. I don't know that I've ever uh, <laughs> put those in the same sentence before, before this moment. But, uh, but yeah, this was, this was a, a weird little thing. He's floating. He's a terrible ball of guts. And when he shoots beams, they are the Photoshop liquify tool. Um, <laughs> it just like spiralizes yeah, it's, whatever. It's a little, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's a, pretty sloppy. It's a very low effort yes. special effect. <laughs> Speaking of low effort special effects. <laughs> the best uh, CG graphics to get, the 90s can buy. Yeah, we are getting a mega Digivolve uh, for Metal Greymon. And we're getting 3D graphics. Uh, <laughs> it, it gave me strong reboot feels. Yeah. Uh, it was just. It's actually not the worst that you can imagine. It's not bad. But it's not good. It's just, you know, an era before bump mapping and yeah, or any it's sort just, of It's texture. always really, it's really out of place. Like, people used to think you could kind of sneak in 3D into cartoons and, like, that's chill. Yeah, no. Right. Like the, but it's not chill. It looks so bad. Imagine yeah. GameCube Pokemon Stadium, right? <laughs> like, in-game graphics of, like, a Mewtwo. That's about the level of quality we got here. Uh, sure. And and to be to be fair, Metal Greymon is just Greymon, but he's got a metal helmet, a robot arm, and dragonfly wings. Yeah, yeah. he's he's bigger. I would he's call thick. that I would he's, call that a sufficient upgrade. It he's is thicker. an upgrade. He's got fish nipple missiles. <laughs> also, I love that Joe has like fallen in love with their Sphinx. Like <laughs> uh the an episode ago he's like, I want to go back to the Sphinx, and then in this episode they're gonna uh, hit the Sphinx. Edamon whammies the Sphinx and Joe's. Oh no, the Sphinx! It's <laughs> uh, a great detail. <laughs> uh, we l- we learn about uh, the super move that that Metal Greymon has, which Tentomon voices his little intro with the the title card that comes up, and he calls it the 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 Gija Destroyer. Which is oh, weird yeah. because it's actually the Giga Destroyer. I think he just didn't know how to pronounce it. And then later, Metal Greymon calls it his Giga Blaster. So I don't think anyone really knows what's going on. 
uh, on the the voice acting side. I think they barely had a script. Yeah, they don't care. Uh, before Metal Greymon shows up, uh, regular Greymon, like, mansplains friendship to Ty. <laughs> <laughs> Remind me about See, this. Ty, because we're such good friends, you've unlocked my ability to grow even stronger. Oh, that's right. Yeah, no fucking dub. Both my hands are on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I figured it out. What I'm curious oh, about... Oh, also Metal Greymon is uh, substantially bigger. Yeah, Metal Greymon is huge. Um... But what I'm curious about is how Metal Greymon is clearly like a cyborg mm-hmm. and has like exposed wires and like metal panels and a and a robot arm and a robot face. It's it's been a recurring like theme in Digimon that things that are robotic are organic underneath and things that are organic are robotic underneath. I was just curious about it because his his bad version of the Digivolve was super organic. Was like yeah, a skeleton with sinewy muscles and veins and mm. and a shark on the back. And they still have <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting. They, they still have shark missiles. Like he's got them in his chest now. Instead of as a Yeah, backpack. the shark missiles are in the good spot. Right. <laughs> in the good spot that you want. <laughs> uh, but it's just a it's clearly a design choice. Yeah, it is. And I, I it just, just seemed interesting. But I can't make any sense of it. <laughs> Well, it doesn't matter because Metal Greymon blows open a rift in the fucking space-time digitime and everybody bad gets sucked into it and dies and Ty and Agumon Greymon whatever get sucked into it and they end up... He goes in as Metal Greymon. Yeah, he goes in as Metal Greymon and he comes out as a Coromon. He goes back to his little ball and ball farm. he is in the real world for the first time yeah, since Ty's, the first Ty's minute back of the show. In reality. Yeah, man. He just left the island. Yeah. I don't know what that means, because uh, it's only him. The rest of them are still in the yep. digital world. I don't think... I was definitely not expecting that. Yeah. If I was a kid watching this episode, like, everything that happens in this episode, getting a huge Digivolve, and then that real twist at the end, I mm-hmm. would be jumping on the couch cushions, man. I, I will tell you, uh, I'm not going to name names here, uh, because I haven't talked to this guy in like almost 20 years or something, maybe last 15 years. I vividly remember uh, not this episode, but the day this episode came out or the week, because I remember a friend trying to tell me how cool Digimon was and trying to explain Metal Greymon to me. Huh. And I was like, uh-huh, I, okay. okay. There's I'm definitely an episode on. after after a, <laughs> a, a, a new Digivolve that I, uh, I like I called one of my other friends that watches the, that watch the show at like in like fourth <laughs> or fifth grade and geeked out. You seen this shit? <laughs> yeah, this is the this is that turning point episode. This is the like, OK, skip a few to get to this one. Right. Yeah, if you got to. Uh, you ain't having if you're not picking up what they're putting down. But luckily, this last arc for all of its major flaws did at least give us. You know, Edamon to kind of chew on while yeah. we're waiting, and uh-huh. certainly a lot more structural variety. Yeah, I I the would. Uh, to... I imagine that Ty's not going to spend a ton of time in the real world, especially not separated from everyone. But <laughs> I almost kind of wish that he did. Like the rest of the season is just like we have. We still have the normal digital world plot, but we're constantly just cutting back to Ty, like trying to <laughs> acclimate back to school. Oh, so he has PTSD. Yeah, <laughs> trying to answer questions about where all see, of his I friends are. I want to see are. Ty's trauma. <laughs> right. Yeah, having to explain 
that they got lost at summer camp and yeah, I'd be I'd be on board for that. Yeah, I'd see. Yeah, that. I feel like it, they did kind of forget or some some inordinate amount of time has passed and his parents think he's dead. I don't know. But there was the vague insinuation when he was at summer camp that the world was going to shit. Right. He came yeah, back there were to huge, a pretty normal like, avalanches and earthquakes and yeah. flooding and yeah. And he came back to a pretty normal looking Tokyo. Well, I mean, it's either it's either that's going to be an interesting question to find out next episode, because either time passes normally in the digital world or time is uh, it, no time has passed in the real world for yeah, all the time. Or they've totally spent. forgotten the premise they sold us at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> or it's some kind of like illusion alternate. Oh, yeah. Like he and I really back. It's it's a it's a Matrix style digital world. I don't know. I don't know. Could be. Could be. Could be. Nothing. Because also he's there with his with a Coromon. With a Coromon. You know. Like, yeah, that's an interesting thing, that, too. How does that work? How do you have a Digimon <laughs> in the real world? Yeah. I mean, although, to be fair, if we if we if we assume that there is some some rock solid way a person could become in the digi world true then that same rock solid reason could probably make a coromon be real well we'll find out soon oh boy yeah we will yeah we will strap on your your steam powered jetpack and go for a whirl around new new york (sighs) Brought to you by more peanut M&M's. Andy has a bad theme. And ours is a good one. Get on that steam train to steam (laughs) Cincinnati. Why don't you join the steam team? Because I don't have the requisite goggles. Yeah, well... He's That's got anime goggles, but not Steam Boy goggles. Yeah, I've got all sorts of anime goggles and all shapes are, and colors. What are anime goggles like versus Steam goggles? Anime goggles are more like ski goggles, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. They're kind of like they're they're not for wearing. They're for looking like you <laughs> could wear them. They're for perching. Okay. For birds to rest on. (laughs) (laughs) You keep birds on your goggles. Yes or no? You might be a steampunk if... You might be a steampunk. steampunk. (laughs) No. (laughs) Our next episode is going to be a Jeff Foxworthy theme episode. If your dad is a feckless inventor, you might be a steampunk. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well... Good stuff. these These were fun episodes. Uh... These were goofy ass episodes. They were definitely goofy. <laughs> they were not. They were not like. I don't. I don't know that I could call them good episodes, uh, except maybe the Digimon one, right? Like, like taken on its own. I think the Digimon episode was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, for our purposes, you know, for goofs and fun times, uh, had less there to churn. Silverhawks on. got the job done. Um, yeah, Silverhawks. Silverhawks was moving it I, this week. <laughs> I think Silverhawks uh, brings it for that uh, pretty regularly. Uh, which yeah yeah Silverhawks the only real caveat is like how much time are they going to devote to to uh, just watching them fly around sure and if it's under 10 minutes it's probably gonna be a pretty good episode <laughs> yeah yeah there's <laughs> certainly always something to talk about mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah they go but yeah my only on. complaint about Silverhawks has been too much too much just watching lasers 
There's only yeah. so many times you can watch them skydive in space and do the same formation. Right, and then, yeah, exactly. Formation! Nobody cares. We're no. children. Nobody cares. They don't care about military <laughs> tactics. Bring us back to that no-alcohol saloon again. God, that was good. <laughs> Take us somewhere weird that makes no sense and break all the laws of physics to make us laugh. Hey, speaking of taking us somewhere weird, uh, I've got a sign-out oh. for you. Oh, let's hear it. Uh, Tell us the will... weird place you go. I mean, it's the same one every week. Yeah, it's the same one every week. I'm not sure why I brought that up since what I say is normal <laughs> and just sort of a regular yeah. regular thing. So, yeah, as always, uh, this has been Saturday Morning Tuesdays, uh, Austin, Andy, and Rory, and uh, our classic sign-out phrase that we say, the thing we say every time, uh, is uh, VHS copies of Gattaca. Do you have any? No, I don't. Because I'd borrow that. I'd trade you some of my Sega tapes. I'd borrow that. <laughs> I'd watch. I. So it's, it's a really weird half-assed endorsement of something. <laughs> oh, that movie it was doesn't so... even mean you're gonna watch it. It's so okay. <laughs> I would borrow that film. Borrow the shit out of that Gattaca tape. I'd ask you to borrow it if you made it sound like I. That's what you were pitching. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good night. Hey, Andy here. Thanks for listening to Saturday Morning Tuesdays, as always. I hope our our abject hilarity didn't make you get distracted at the wheel or uh, or at your day job or wherever people listen to us. I don't fucking know. Uh, if you are digging our sweet biz, please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a little love note, like a little love note to one of us as a comment or as a review, but very targeted. Please tell us you love me. Tell me you love me. Also, we're on that Facebook. We're on that Instagram and that sweet old Twitter. And we've got a website at sadamtuesdays.com. That's S-A-T-A-M Tuesdays.com. Next week, we are going to be watching episode 8 of Silverhawks, episode 18 of Sailor Moon, and episode 21 of Digimon Adventure. Hey, extra special shout out to this week's yummy, yummy sponsors, Two Hot Monsters Walk-In Health Clinic and Adult Popsicles. See you next time. <laughs>